0: This podcast was proudly produced by NZ Audio Editors. For all your editing services, you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.nzaudioeditors.com.
1: Jay Melson and Greg Moyle from One Plan for Retirement would like to welcome you to the NZ Guide to Financial Freedom. In this podcast, we'll break down the psychological tools and financial framework you need to live the life you want to ensure you don't run out of money before you run out of life. Okay, cool. Well, we've started now. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, that's a good place to kick <laughs> off. But uh, just, I'd be curious. We we're just um, talking off here. Yeah. That you had a bit of background in the hospital. Yep, you probably got
0: some war stories. Oh yeah, for sure. Surely, give us the goss. Oh look, it depends where you want to start. Like, <laughs> the worst, by not. Yeah, I mean, there's there's heaps of crazy stuff in hotels. Yeah? Talk right. There's everything from like the scandalous, through to just the sad. You know, like you have. Everything from like, we had a um, hen's knight who decided to put big black dildos on everyone else's doorknobs. So when they went back to the room at the end of the night, they had to get through a dildo first. <laughs> who knows where they had been, you know? Geez, this is the um, first five minutes so of our dildo. <laughs> so it starts scandalous all the way through to sad, where after three days we hadn't, the do, do, not disturbs, do not disturb sign was on a door. And after a few days, we have to go in the room. We have to check to make sure everything's right. Father's OD'd, four year old daughter's eating the mini bar. You know, so that's. Wow. So if you really want to get into hospitality stories, it goes from crack up to, wow, well, that's really sad, Stan. You've just made, killed the whole mood in the first one. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. And up and up and down. <laughs> yeah, well, get so, ready for the emotional Yeah, I'm Yeah, yeah. So that's hotels. Yeah. And, and that's on a daily. On that's, a daily. Yeah, that's the life. Wow. It's, it's, it's underestimated how like tough hospitality workers are especially in hotels well no no, i shouldn't say especially all hospitality but hotels you are literally providing someone a home Mm. for the night right so people do crazy stuff in their homes
1: yeah, <laughs> they do other yeah. people other, other people. people not, not us, us. i do nothing crazy uh, well no. i can honestly say i've never stuck a dildo face, so, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, i'm in the spectrum yeah 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 somewhere in there yeah <laughs> uh, how do you how do you manage people like in the hospital because it's not necessarily I've, I've met exceptional hospitality workers mm. that are passionate and that's cool if you love it do it yeah but then you also see the other side where people are just sort of doing it to pay the bills not happy wait until friday yeah how do you
0: inspire and manage those people oh look you first of all you need to be realistic about who your workforce is um if you've got you know someone in there to who's studying to be an engineer and they're just this beautiful mind and there's no way they're going to stay in hospitality well you just have to understand that that's what it is and use them appropriately it's like they're there to fill a need that you have and um they're happy to do it because they'll get paid for it as they should be and so you got you gotta not put expectations on them that you would on your superstars who love it, as their passion and want a career in it. You know. Mm-hmm. And if you're a leader who thinks that everyone should thrive to be the best that they can be in their role, well then you're just crazy. Like it's <laughs> not like people are doing it. <laughs> Understand your people, you know, have a conversation with them. So for me, uh oh, like I've had all sorts, you know, I worked in places like Service Paradise where everyone's oh. transient. Mm. They're coming and going. But they work their asses off because they want the money. They're travellers.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right?
0: They're doing six months with you. They want as much money as they can. They'll be the best workers you can find. Um, But then they'll leave in six months. So you have to understand that cycle. Mm. Or Central Coast, New South Wales and Terrigal, where everyone was between 18 and 22, weren't sure if they're going to uni or what, still lived at home with their parents, young white Australian people who Mm. didn't need the money. They used the money to pay for their saturday sundays yeah you know they didn't work want to work saturday sundays either uh, yeah. um i'm sick boss. yeah i'm yeah, sick on, yeah. exactly so you had to understand that dynamic too that that's what they're here for that's okay what can you get out of them so look i think i I've said this a lot to a lot of people i meet these days in the professional services space that if you want really tough gms and leaders go to four-star hotel market and recruit like you will find the most resilient and like diverse leadership Huh. You'll ever find because they have to deal with all sorts all the time,
1: yeah, 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 all right what well, I, I always i I always thought of um sales in a similar similar genre, like we had a commission on sales and management is what I used to do and yep trying to inspire someone um to go out every day, not knowing if they're gonna eat tomorrow mm. and then and then instill confidence and belief mm. so any sort of i guess uh industry that has that underlying challenge, yep. you really have to have the systems on point, so if I was ever gonna I want to be from a company like Avco. Yep. Bit of a shout out, but that's in 27 countries. And the problem is that they had a class action <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, th- issue against them because they treated contractors like employees. Uh, yeah. And they had these out of it sales games like Wolf of Wall Street. But yeah, yeah. aside from the people that did it wrong, <laughs> the systems were pretty good. But all right, well, would that that'd probably be an easy sell? Because it's like transferring someone over, we'll get into your actual yeah. business. No <laughs> but like right. Transferring someone from that management role and yeah. dealing with these people that, you know, transient mm. or 18 to 22 yeah. and then coming in an industry they believe in. Yeah. Wouldn't be a hard sell. Really? Wouldn't be like or to transfer be. them over. Or is, yeah. there, is it like a really, once you get to management, it's a good money or is there something uh, different once you get higher up? Or?
0: Look in hospitality, it's a really like from it to start with, with hospitality in the top, Level management, yeah, it's good. It's good. The okay. money's the money's there. Um, it doesn't really start until you're in that, you know, executive level, um, okay. top tier management. And it's in four star and lower hotels or, or not very big hotels with big food and beverage operations. It really doesn't start till you're a GM the money. Okay. Um, in the big five star hotels, the 500 room hotels with four outlets and all that sort of stuff, the money starts from the. Uh, XCom level you know director of food and beverages and stuff so there is that and then those leaders are the one those leaders who have made it to that point to the XCom or gm are very resilient very business savvy um Mm. and they can do everything because they have to because you don't you can't in, in hospitality it's such a low margin game you can't just hire someone to do something you have to figure it out if you need like as a gm if i needed to understand marketing or you know in anything? I'd have to go and Google and learn how to figure out do that, and then do it. Get a business case to say it worked, and then maybe the owner would give you some money wow. to be able to do it. But from a transfer of skills um, to other industries, it's quite hard because hospitality, especially New Zealand and Australia, New Zealand and Australia have a don't have a great reputation of hospitality in terms of like their professional abilities and leadership abilities it's not it's not it's not the first place you'd think to look you know you <laughs> yeah, know you're not gonna go right yeah. yeah so a lot of professional services would look at them going nah where is all your accounting experience where is all your but you know they're actually been in their running businesses they're, they're probably akin to small business owners you know how if you go a someone who's been a small business owner their whole life they they know a ton about business mm-hmm. way more than most people do for if they haven't had a formal degree in it, right? Like, just for on-the-job training. Well, hospitality is kind of akin to that, where they just, they've just they just got the grey hair experience, you know, because they've just done it for long enough. Um, but, getting, but giving them that chance is hard. Like, most people, when they find out that I used to do hospitality, they're like, why do you do marketing now? Like, how does, how does that work? And I'm like, well, I, it's not that I do marketing. I run a marketing business. I'm a business leader. That's what I do first and foremost. You know, I have a team and I manage them that's what hospitality leaders could do. Mm. Yeah. I always think there's probably a good opportunity for then to get into like um, COO roles, things like that.
1: That makes sense. Like, uh, everyone talked about experience, but most CVs I chuck in the bin, like I used yeah. to do recruitment with the sales. <laughs> I just like, what I care about is the mindset and the willingness mm. to learn. And yep. the, that they buy, their vision aligns with ours. Yeah. Because nearly every salesman that i brought into the Mm -hmm. office that had prior experience had a full cup and didn't want to learn yeah and then they had to go through like weeks of not performing before they their ego dropped out (laughs) so i would say the the important part is the transferable understanding of people Yep, and then also with the hospitality side of things is the resilience the understanding be able to have your hand in every pot Mm -hmm. like a small business owner yeah but how did you transition from hospitality gm Uh, yeah to,
0: oh, I'm going to do a marketing company. Yeah. Well, it started off actually. Um, well, first of all, the catalyst was that um, I I was, you know, from my own opinion, pretty good at what I did. I, I'd had a pretty good career. I'd got up the ranks pretty fast and done a lot, I had a lot of success. And I had my first like decent holiday uh, in a while. I had left the hotel um, in a really good shape. I was obviously still there, just going on four weeks leave. I was going to Dubai in India. The hotel, we just, secu- just had the biggest December by threefold that any other December had in that hotel. We had signed a contract, one contract for January that was as big as any other month in January had ever been. So just from one tennis contract. So I was like, okay, I'm the, I'm the best at my job. No one can do it better. I'm going on holiday for all of January. Yeah. Um, the hotel's really good. My team were amazing. Um, I'm going to enjoy my break. Halfway into the break, my boss uh, sent me some emails that were coming from the owners of the hotel, and they were like, oh, stand this, stand that, blah, 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 trying to throw us under the bus because I wasn't there, and they wanted me there. Um, My boss was, don't worry, stand like, we know everything's good, but, you know, just letting you know this is what's happening in the background. Mm. So that that point was like, well, I just busted my butt for 12 months. I left in a great position. Um, If it was my business, I'd be stoked with where we were. Um, and then it was like the realization that, that this will be it for life. This will always be that. It's always going to be other people's money that we're playing with and we're dealing with. And I was like, "Wow, I need to, I need to do this for myself. I need my own business. I need to be the own boss, uh, answer to myself. And so that was catalyst. So that's what, that was, that was the reason why I decided to get yeah, out of that, that industry. Um, and then it was about nine or 10 months of like planning what that would look like. I actually wanted to get into more business advisory, business strategy. I thought that was where my, um, expertise lied from a most transferable skill, you know, to, you know, run these $10 million businesses and run them successfully. So I thought that's pretty easy transition into other people's businesses, probably not at that level. They're probably only, you know, one to five million is probably the businesses I'd probably work with. But every business I kept meeting kept asking me, or oh, how are you finding business? How are you generating your, your leads? You know, because I'd only just moved back to New Zealand. I moved back last October when I started it. And I kept saying, Oh, I'm using LinkedIn. How else do you find people? Like, that's the only way you could possibly do it. And they're like, "What?" they just all gave me blank stares. Like, <laughs> mate, it's a recruitment tool. That's how I find my new sales manager, <laughs> oh, you know? Yeah, there yeah, we go. And so, um, they kept asking for help with that. I taught them. I started realizing that uh, I don't want to do this day in, day out, teaching people LinkedIn. So I productized what we did and said, I'll do it for you instead. Um, and then one thing led to another. More and more people wanted that. Uh, then lockdown happened. And then all the clients fell off the books, completely wiped down to zero. And then everyone who started coming back two weeks later, just, Stan, we just want leads. We just want help with the branding. We just want help with driving it. So all the strategy stuff fell away and I said, you know what, let's just go all in on this LinkedIn marketing, B 2 b marketing. And that's sort of how that transition happened. So it was almost a little bit by accident, but it was just seeing the opportunity where it was yeah. and going, going for it. And, you know, we had spent a lot of time last summer productizing the LinkedIn stuff anyway. So we, we, we spent a lot building the infrastructure to how to do that. So when that became the only opportunity um we could scale quite fast we could take a lot of people on really quickly so Mm. that's how yeah so good adapting yeah
1: Yeah. well it's the hospitality resilience (laughs) right just just a bit of story on don't sleep on someone in hospitality we had um a guest on uh daniel they can scroll back further yeah but he he like he couldn't read um at the age of 12 he started school because he was living out in the forest um learning this alternative school yeah yeah. and then by 17 he's loves ice cream so he's like why don't work in an ice cream store Starts working, slowly works his way up to head of strategy oh, wow. of the whole ice cream company, which is the biggest in Israel. Shit. And in between running strategy, because he um, he would bike bike along on his little push bike, yeah, and go from store to store because <laughs> he's like like ninety or twenty at that stage. Yeah. And he, he was giving advice, and they're like, uh, he they eventually got the head strategy because they said, "Yeah, you're actually already doing the job, so why don't you just say <laughs> head of strategy?" And then he became. Um, he was on Forbes magazine, top oh, wow. most influential people under the age of thirty. Crazy. So don't sleep on those people nah, about nah. hospitality. Yeah. So on that on that note, people with the LinkedIn side of things, mm. what is where do people go wrong? Like where do they start?
0: Like what's your what's your secret sauce? <laughs> yeah. Uh just turn up. Like everything, okay. right? Like most people don't turn up to LinkedIn. They um Yeah, they can't it like for most people it is just another social media. They're not really sure how to use it. It doesn't look like Facebook to them. Um, and the history of LinkedIn is that it's a recruitment tool. You put your CV on it, right? So there's a lot of people trying to transition to understand that, okay, no, it's not just recruitment tool. It's a professional network. So it's that that mindset shift. And it's also um, most people uh, with social media don't have one, the confidence or the time. Well, time's probably not really the issue, but they'll use it as an excuse to not be able to do stuff. I'm so busy. Oh, 50 hours. Come on, wait, you got another 60. Exactly. Right. (laughs) So it's about like, how do you, one, um, find the time in your day, build a habit around the daily stuff that you got to do. And it's really not that much. Like most people think they'll go, they'll say to me, how are you on LinkedIn all the time? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm really not. Like if you look at my app usage, it's probably less than an hour a day. Mm. And that's my job. Like, my whole company's built on the platform and I'm using it an hour a day. So someone who does something else, you probably can get away with 20, 30 minutes a day. Um, you can probably do that on the toilet. Let's be honest, like you've got enough time there. So times never usually issue. It's just a lot of it's confidence. Like most people don't have the confidence to put stuff up. They don't think they're interesting enough. They don't think they have a story to tell. But if reality TV's taught us anything, is that the, the worst stories in the world are, are good. <laughs> no, <laughs> people yeah, want to watch them. You know, so I mean, the biggest brands in the world right now are reality TV stars or people who are famous for being famous, right? Like, and good on them. Like, it's amazing. Like They put themselves out there. Most people can do that. Um, they just don't want to. And look, I think it's actually not for everyone. Like, just, just some things, some people can't do.
2: Yeah,
0: they just can't do it. Um, but for tips on where to go on LinkedIn, is one just like get your profile set up, like just, just put in some effort, like, yeah. you know, put up a profile photo, it was, it was always a good start, <laughs> exactly. you know, they're posting a yeah. with no photo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, put up a profile photo, your phone can probably do an awesome one these days, yeah. you know, just put on portrait mode or whatever, um, and, and put your, get, grab your CV, because you probably got a CV, and put that all into your experience, and set up your profile, Just just set it up, that's the first thing, and the second thing is just get in and comment, be part of the conversation, you know, that's a lot of people get, scared they're like oh i don't know how to put up content and stuff let's just don't put up any content then just comment on other people's content comment on their hard work right Excellent. you know it's like coming here you're doing all the hard work for this podcast so i get to be on it you know and but that but you get to leverage my network too so it's like a yeah, it's the same one? but uh one one thing learning. And learning. yeah exactly right and so people if the same thing applies on linkedin like you comment on their stuff then your network's going to see that their posts because they have comment on it but then their network's going to see your comment and your network's going to see your comment as well. Oh,
1: and I always, like from a sales perspective, just to keep bringing it in every five minutes, because yeah. I love it. I love people <laughs> and understanding them. But I always, always look at the competitors and try and be better than the last. Mm. So what's the market doing? How can I do it differently? Mm-hmm. And what the market is very polished, very fake and not reality-like. Mm-hmm. People keep saying, oh, I, wanna, I won't show content until I've got it all worked uh, out. But actually yeah. you working out is the best content because people yeah. relate to it. Yeah, and then the other thing is, what's what are people really starve for on LinkedIn engagement? Yeah, so the like, but then the like, people don't see it. So if you comment, not yeah. only are you commenting and adding value, all their network is seeing it, and that person is appreciating yeah. the time you took.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hundred percent. Like the the comment thing is, you can say it to people over and over again, but they just, again, they just don't realize it until they start it. And like, so for instance, in our business just this week, cause we, we try to talk to our clients all the time and tell them to do more and more of it. I was like, that's one part we can't outsource for you. I'm not going to comment on your behalf because yeah, I mean, okay. that's ridiculous. So yeah. I don't go down very Especially well. Especially us, you're saying yeah. builders or something. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, we're not doing that. Um, but so we, just this week, we installed a, um, like an automated text messaging system to text our clients. Like it's what, you know, text marketers would use. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to use it for that, but. It's to, I want to. Tell yeah. What is it? <laughs> yeah, the GSMs. Okay. Um, but it's just to message them at different times. to Be like, have you done your comments, mate? Have you mm. done your stuff? Have you done this activity, right? It's two minutes. You know, just do it. It's just ridiculously powerful yeah. to be able to do it. I mean, that's why Twitter still is still a thing, you know? Mm. Like most people thought Twitter would have died off, but um, with all the new sort of Instagrams and stuff like that. But Twitter's massive because people having conversations, and that's yeah. why it works. Conversation, like, everyone knows the comment sections are the best part. Like, oh. 100%. Oh, I love the comment section. Oh, yeah. gets, that's where 50 minutes of my hour every day on LinkedIn is stuck in, is people's yeah. comment. It's just the the tirades that happen in them are just so good. It's oh. just such good entertainment.
1: I'll call it. Like, even even YouTube videos. <laughs> oh, YouTube. Like, the video's already through. I'm, like, reading the comments. Yeah. Like, I love it. It oh, The worst does my head in comments off.
0: Which one? On YouTube. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Some, some media outlet. Yeah. i oh, worried about brand perception. It's like, it's a conversation. It's a dialogue. Anything you do wrong, you can say sorry. Yeah. As definitely. long as you have good intent, you'll come yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. People will hate you of... for a couple of months and then come uh, right. I'll get over it. <laughs> but the, the other thing on LinkedIn is people actually get a notification when you comment. Mm-hmm. So you've got these 10 people that have yep. liked it. You comment, they all see it. Yep. And then anytime they like it, I just interact with them. But how do you do, like... There's a, there's a challenge. So, like, if you're scrolling through your feed, mm. you can just comment. But sometimes it's some guy in California and some person in New Zealand likes them. Mm. Or it's quite hard to do targeted. So, I use Sales yeah. Navigator. Is that yep. what you recommend as yeah, well? Yeah,
0: yeah. We use Sales Navigator for all our clients. Okay. Yeah. Um, look, for a targeted comments, you mean? Like, to go after certain people. I mean, you can search by content. So, the search function mm. on LinkedIn. You but can. not by location, though. So, you no. search
1: finance and then...
0: yeah. Yeah. There's ways of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, there's ways of like you don't I mean do it's it a bo- well no 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 it's just, it's a boolean search, right? So you can use words like not and 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 capitalized and they will, they'll they work. So so boolean search means like it's it's taking um it's not just taking the letters in it and and doing a search on that. It's it's not Google which uses some AI in the background and, and its special formula, but it's like you use quotation marks, it'll lock that in as a string of text as opposed to individual and and, capital and will be, I'm on a search this and that. It has to have both of those keywords in it or, or it can just be one or the other, not. So it doesn't include that. So you can get location stuff in there because you can have things like and Auckland, you know, stuff like that. So there are ways to, to figure it out. You it takes a bit of work. But yeah. yeah I mean, that's, oh, that's essentially our business model is that will take that work off you, you know, so then find and how to find that. And so you got to learn how to do it. But I mean, yeah, happy to tell people how to do that yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's not really like, secret sources
1: what well, supplied knowledge they pay for not unapplied it's a verity craft you might know it. yeah 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 like uh what i'm using is um so i target people that are 10 years in a certain company and industry yep. Yep. so they're close to retirement and then a secondary connection so that's someone that knows yeah. someone yep. you know i'm just doing it for yeah that. yeah yeah you know. but then if i then i find everyone that's posted content and i click on it and Perfect. i just type some stuff the whole network sees it I made the mistake yep. of only commenting on people that had like ten likes or something because uh, I was like yeah. more bang for your buck. Yeah, but then you're spending yeah. thirty minutes to find that
0: one person. Yeah, and actually, where that goes wrong is that if there's got if it's got fifty likes and forty comments, those ninety people are all going to get you a notification that you commented on that post as well. Yeah, and their networks. You know, it does. So like the more on it, the better, The more bang for your buck.
1: Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh,
0: you went the highway. Oh, yeah. Okay, but yeah, in yeah. the
1: interim, I'm actually missing out on a connection with someone yeah, that would yeah, value no, it.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. So yep. I do both now. Good. Both yeah, good. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah 100%. i am just going to skip hitting you up yeah. to critique me. Well, that's it, right? It's like the two sides of the coin. One, you're going to get to a bigger audience yeah. and, and bigger audience is good. Reach is great. But also that one who's got hardly any contacts or any likes. I mean, they just got to comment. They never get comments. So they're yeah. stoked. <laughs> you know, oh, I no, love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Legit, and especially if it's not like a copy paste. Yeah, that's yeah. where it goes wrong too. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, add some value to your comments.
1: And another, another thing they start for apart from comments is the opportunity content, which is what you provide. Mm. But another way, like so, like you and I, we're doing this. I'm yep. gonna split it down and put it in a Google Drive folder, and you're gonna use the content if you want. Yep. Because content's hard to come by. Yeah. So not only that, uh, people getting exposed through the commenting. But if you're providing mm. content to an intermediary mm-hmm. with a mutual relationships that's beneficial or an actual client, yep. then their
0: network's being shown your content. Yeah. Have you ever tried that angle with the? Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, 100%. Like, con- there's, Whenever you do content, you should think about how many times can I get it up. Like, if I do a piece of content, how many places can I get this content put up? Are you on TikTok then? Well, I am on TikTok, but the only reason I don't have I don't it on my phone yeah. is it sucks. That's the one social media that sucks me in. Yeah. I uh, My average used to screen time on that was like four hours or something. Like, you can do it on so your desktop. Addictive. You can do it on your desktop <laughs> yeah. and just upload a video and then Yeah, bam. I think I need to. Yeah. I think I need to because it's such a good platform. Oh, yeah. It's it just same. sucks you in. Like, yeah. <laughs> well that's the
1: thing, the, the two best platforms are LinkedIn and TikTok yeah. for free marketing. Oh. And if you become the guy, it's like, hey, I'm a TikTok expert and yeah. but the problem you you think you get pushback on the um recruitment. Yeah. There's so much. Oh, I, I don't dance. What do you mean you don't dance? It's, it's a pipe. You <laughs> yeah. put whatever you want in the pipe. And funnily enough, our demographic on our podcast increased in age because yeah. of TikTok.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But anyway, so we'll see if we'll get them onto it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be contributing to the Chinese spy technology. But, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, that's fine. They already know everything is. about me. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, on the is it? Do you actually enjoy the marketing side? Like, what would you? What business would you run if it was just completely passion?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, no, look, I. It's that's a difficult question because I actually enjoy the business running. Yeah, yeah, I actually love business. I love the concept. I love the thought of being able to build something from nothing. You know, like, um, like it still blows my mind that I have a business and have employees and have a team, and that still blows my mind because I'm mm-hmm. like, where did that come from? Like, <laughs> over a year ago, I had nothing. It was there wasn't even a name, a name, and now like you gave birth, and there's this bloody fully fledged thing going on right so that that concept blows my mind i love it in terms of like what sort of business that i'd love to do um oh there's just honestly there's just too many the reason why i love marketing though is that in the b2b space that i'm in is that i think of this business as being a workhorse for future businesses Mm. you know like Marketing is that first step in the sort of cycle of a business where people need to know who you are before you're going to be able to sell to them, right? And then be able to even deliver that service. So, having a really strong B two B business, B two B marketing business, that's like a real powerhouse that can do that really well. Then I can start any business I want and throw them through that machine. Yeah,
1: Gary V model. Really.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Similar to Gary Gary V's model. So that's kind of what we're trying to build because. I'll get bored of building this business at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll put someone else in charge of it and then start something else. And honestly, it doesn't matter what it is. Like if it's from lawn care through to my own hotel, like it doesn't bother me.
1: You sound like my flatmate. He did a, a law degree, finished it. And, he's, and I was like, so what's the, he doesn't, he's, oh no, actually stopped before he finished the bar. Oh uh, yeah. He's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and he, he wanted to, I was, he's like, I want to run business, businesses. Yeah. So I was like, what kind? I don't care. I like business, <laughs> yeah. So it, you do sound a lot like yeah. Gary Vee too. Yeah. Gary Vee says the same thing. Yeah. But that, that's the whole thing. Like the whole reason I'm building a personal brand is one, it's a pre qualifier. Mm. So anyone that comes across me, yeah, they may get upset or not like me. Yeah, yeah. Then they're never going to be a client anyways. Hundred percent. Yeah. And the second thing, it's a de risk. Yeah. So at any point, like this whole financial game could change. Hmm. Um. So I've got a I've got a, a platform or a, a brand that I can leverage off and de risk. Yeah.
0: Is there a, a next step that you think you might consider? Apart from TikTok, look from a, this company is just have the full B two B virtual team. Essentially, it's that. But from a next step, a next business, um, what, yeah, there is one thing I've always kind of wanted is to have a really strong uh, finance or accounting business, and the reason being is okay. that like that's the second part of I think of having a really strong strategic financial business on being part of these other businesses I create. Mm. So it's more about that's. So the marketing business and the finance business, uh, the marketing business will grow into B2B sales too. That's the goal of that, to take it all the way through to the, those first sort of two steps of business cycle, right? Market sell, and then there's service delivery and then sort of client retention is the way I sort of think about it. Okay. But finance is just like a backbone of it all, right? Like a lot of people sort of skim over the financial numbers part of it, but a lot of people don't like that that part of life, looking at numbers and finances. So having a really strong arm there, those two businesses I'll own. It kind of, my idea is own those two businesses forever. Yeah, yeah. And then every other business is about start it, run it through the machine, and sell it.
1: That makes sense. Well, I mean, because... Those are the two greatest needs. Well, next would be like retaining great people. But the the two ones is how to generate leads. Obviously, they should know how to service their clients, but most of us don't. Yeah. Um, And then also the underlying structure and being cost effective because most businesses I see fail are the ones that are buying their Lambos when they've only got 10 (laughs) bucks. Yeah, exactly. So it's (laughs) smart and strategic. But the challenge is you might fall more into the business strategy again because Mm. the underlying bookkeeping. Yeah is automated to yep. a degree.
0: Yep. hundred percent needs to be.
1: Yeah. So what would be your offering? Like, would it be like the strategy again
0: or well, with? You, a- yeah. You, yeah. No, it'd be st- like, it'd still be strategy first, but it would be, um, you'd still have the infrastructure. I think you still need the infrastructure to do the bookkeeping and do the finances, even though that's becoming automated and a real commoditized mm-hmm. service today. Mm-hmm. Um, it still needs to be done. Um, still have it there as part of saying there they're a very good revenue stream. So, yeah, I think that would be the model. Still have the full accountancy, um, but then have the CFO for hire sort of on top of that that can then go into the business and be able to really add that strategic side. You know, like CFOs, all the ones I've dealt with, have a very different way of looking at life than, say, a CEO. Um, <laughs> yeah. But sometimes you need them at a certain level oh, of business. Oh, yeah, 100% you know? need them. I don't you know? want to talk to them. No, you need them. You need them. Yeah. So... I think in early stage startups of businesses, you probably don't want them. You know, they probably get in the way sometimes, as long as you've got common sense, you know, you're not buying Lambos, um, <laughs> but at a certain level, you need them. at a certain size, you need that like um, reserved, more uh, thought, more thinking going into it, you know, to go into your financial decisions.
1: Yeah, because I, I think someone that navigates that quite well is another guest, Jeffrey Hughes. You may know him. He seems to be know everyone. He's gone on the networking side, and he's working on the marketing space because yep. he he ran an entertainment business. Okay, and then he, um, his wife's an accountant, so now he just does the business and strategy side of things yeah. and mentoring. But the underlying thing is the accountant. Yep. Um, I just thought I'd throw that name yeah, out there, but because no. you yeah, haven't met him,
0: but I have to worthwhile yeah, worthwhile, yeah now nah, yeah. good bloke. He's got He's full
1: yeah. of those one-liners like uh good. you better build a fence at the top of the hill instead of clean up the mess at the bottom <laughs> you know, or like if you don't like the circus don't hang out with clowns yeah yeah good so, gotta i love it so all right well talk me through the you get the get the news about covid yeah and you're leveraging off business strategy and then suddenly you're like all right guys we're gonna do marketing <laughs> yeah now. yeah
0: What like what was that conversation like what was that feeling like oh look it sucked um yeah, it was probably the first time in a long, well, maybe my whole life that there was, um, I guess maybe the thought, the feeling is depression like mm. that. I was like, crap, like the last six months I've been building this and it all just fell away, you know? And and, and for a lot of people over that time, there was uncertainty. You didn't know what was going to happen. Like the world might've ended tomorrow. You didn't know.
2: Yeah. You didn't yeah. know if it
0: was going to rebound or what. So I actually, um, I ended up playing video games for two weeks straight and just eating everything I could put my hands on. <laughs> um, and that's all I did. I didn't exercise, didn't do anything, just played video games. I just had to like, I had to get out of my head uh, about it all, otherwise it was just Were you a single increase. operation then, at that point? Oh, we had a couple people with us, but yeah, all contractors at that point. Ah, okay. Yeah, so you're yeah, like,
1: yeah. hey guys, use the, the wage subsidy, <laughs> take a break. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So, um, so at that point, it was still quite small, and just using people as contractors. Um, And so, yeah, that was another thing. I was like, what, like, for me, it was about I had convinced my partner to move to New Zealand. She's Australian yep. and start this, right? And do all this, go on this big adventure. And then it all fell apart. So oh it was like, God. there was a lot there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm not that sort of guy. So I, yeah, I, I had these feelings. I didn't know what they were. So I was like, well, I'm just going to play video games till they go away. <laughs> and then they did. And then oh, I right. realized that
1: Who needs therapists? Yeah,
0: who needs therapists? What the game? Uh, Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah. Uh, I oh, just that played goes yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So I just right. cut up heaps of people. Stacks? Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Just assassinated all my feelings. <laughs> um, and so I just, and then I just decided, you know what, like the only way this is going to work is I get out there and meet some more people. I can't get out of the house. So Zoom's working. And I just went on LinkedIn and messaged everyone saying, do you want to have a coffee over Zoom? Let's do it. Lock it in. Here's my calendar link book saying in. And then I was averaging nine, nine uh, calls a day for the rest of lockdown and then the business just started flying back in because you know you just put in the work and did it uh got over myself and just started working again and yeah it all started flooding back in because everyone wanted to talk because everyone was in lockdown and everyone Mm. missed people so they were all happy to have chats and i uh yeah i just like from 9am through to like 6 or 7pm every night it was just my partner didn't see me. I was in the room. She didn't see me for two weeks. I was just playing video games. And then she didn't see me because I was just on Zoom <laughs> calls working. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it was good. And it was, I met, like, it ended up being from the five months from March through to whatever, it was 24% or something of my time It was on Zoom, like, of my whole day. Like, wow. Yeah, it was just crazy. Um. Yeah, someone showed me how to pull the stats out of Zoom of how many minutes you'd been on it. And yeah, it like 24% of my whole life had been on there for the last five months so you know a bit over a month in that five month period i'd spent on zoom um but yeah it was it was pretty scary um you know i'd uh, six months earlier i'd given up this awesome career and like i was you know a pretty young gm i still had a massive career left in my yeah. insights for hospitality to have it all come crushing down but um yeah two weeks of playing Assassin's creed just made me realize that like okay you've got one last shot Give it a go. You never know what's going to happen. It's either do that. You've got nothing else to do except play video games. You're not going to be a pro video game player because you're not that good. <laughs> so just uh, just start talking to people, and then yeah, that's what we did. And the business all started coming back. Clients that I talked to previously start, started to get some more certainty with what was happening. So they're like, "Okay, Sam, let's get back into us, but we only want to do lead gen and marketing." All right. So the company just we just went full in on that, and then like within a couple months it just had grown so much we needed to hire more people and getting some things <laughs> and it but, and now yeah, like the other day we were looking at the team and there's like twenty four people in our team now and I was like, where did that happen? Like I didn't even know that they had come about wow. it just, Wait, how
1: many months? From one to that was from twenty four I
0: mean, when it all fell up fell apart was into March. So from April pretty much. That's scary. scary yeah. Up. Yeah. That's and, a new problem. Yeah. So now it's a new problem. I mean for me I love you're that. used to it. I love I want a big team. Like yeah. I love having, I love people. I love, that was the best part. What I loved about my last job in hospitality outside of the business management side of it was the people side of it. Like I love having to manage people. Um, so yeah, no, nah, that, that side of it's cool. Yeah, so well, yeah, excited by that.
1: Are you, how are you sustaining the scale? Are you getting them to replicate what you did while you're on lockdown except in person?
0: Uh, yeah. For some, some of them, like, so some of the, some of the staff are in the US ones in Dubai and things like that where that's what we're kind of getting them to do now is uh, I mean they've just sort of come on the last couple of months is just using their profile to find them people to speak to um, and then they will yeah so it's yeah, similar model to what I did and they're still in lockdown like in well in California they're still in lockdown Dubai it's they can't leave Dubai so they, but it's a similar
1: why there because uh, I would thought either you go to a cheap country or you have in-house or do you have an
0: existing well they're sales so, you want to go where the money is in sales. So, Dubai, there's lots of cash. And my brother lives there. And I'm, so, I know some people there. I had some clients there oh, from so him. Oh, so they're servicing
1: in that place, yeah. space. And you're... Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Man. And in the US. I mean, the US... Dubai. Yeah. The yeah. US is Any princes? Like Any prince? No, <laughs> <laughs> not yet. it be um, nice
1: to. Our uh, director of first impressions, Fiona, I think oh, yeah. missed She starts at yeah. 10. Um, yeah, she worked in the Middle East. Oh, yeah. She, should. she told <laughs> one of the this billionaire um, owned all these different banks and had a booger. Oh, yeah. And, like, they're real, like, worried about saving face and then yeah. obviously women listening to her So she, she told him, she, look, you got to sort that out. And she's sitting with these, these princes and talking. Interesting world, mate. Yeah, so i will be yeah, curious how you... What, what kind of business... What are the main
0: businesses you
1: deal with in Dubai? Oh, mate, it's all
0: sorts. It, it's very British. Oh. There's a lot of Br- Brits over there. I've never been yet. Yeah, no, no, it's... Oh, I mean, Dubai is just a melting pot of different businesses. Honestly, everything. Because, there's, I mean, there's no tax, so it always helps, Um, because they don't have income tax and things like that. No, so they don't pay tax on anything. Um They pay in other ways, though, right? Like $17 was the cost of an espresso. Oh. Yeah, so they pay in other ways. Um, Your
1: marketing would be dirt cheap. Oh, it's only this much, mate. This is like twenty cups of coffee. Exactly,
0: (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Like the girl over there is like, we can easily double this price, and 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 so our model was to tell her, well, anything you sell over what we need to run it, like what we do, you can keep. You know, so she gets really like we want her to really own it. Yeah. Um. So she's like, yeah, cool. Let's do this then. You know. So if she can sell it for more, then she'll take a bigger chunk, um, of what we do. What are the challenges of being international? Get just communication,
1: just keeping yeah. motivated and trust. Like, how do you how do you mediate the potential risk?
0: Uh, well, see, the thing is, is that she is essentially plugging into us, so um, our risk is mitigated. That if she wants her client's work done, she's got to go through us anyway, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, she could run off and steal our idea and start her own team and whatnot. Oh well, there's you know, there's plenty of fish in the sea, right? Like. It doesn't matter. She ran off with a few clients and good on yeah. it. Like the goal is to provide her with a platform where she doesn't feel that that's a good option. You know, well, why should I do that? I'm still making good money and he takes care of all the crap. Mm. So it's about trying to do that and try to give her everything she needs to build that. And I guarantee I'll get done over by someone that we do no, this way. Yeah, that's business. Who cares? Mm. like I'm not putting all my eggs in those baskets, right? Like I'm still the main salesperson for the business. I still bring in the most revenue and that probably won't change for a while. I mean, I'd love for it to change. I mean, that'd be amazing if all the other guys started smashing me. I mean, that's good for me. But uh, yeah, you can't you can't be afraid of that. Like if people people are going to do it, like it's going to happen. I know it will happen. Like you've got to be stoic about that sort of stuff. Like just be prepared for it. And if it happens, be like, all right, cool. All right, see you later. <laughs> well, the funny <laughs> the fun.
1: thing is the more responsibility and um, I guess investment you put into someone... Mm. Um, the more loyalty you get out of it, yeah. And there's always that point where someone takes them away, but it is what it is. It's just a part of the beast. That's it. What on the? Because you had those two businesses, the ones you're thinking the future, the business and finance side of things. What? What are the? Honestly, I I I've only ever dealt with national uh, yeah. sort of business. What's the? Is like is the paperwork more frustrating? Is there like? Is there tax implications for? It,
0: yeah, like for international business, you mean? Yeah yeah look it's it is um but the way we've got it structured um at the moment with the current guys overseas is that they're contractors so and they're not on an employee salary so that that helps a lot because yeah there's no employment law happening and I don't have to you know go get into california employment law or dubai employment law they they have their own um like in in the in both countries they've got their own businesses that they invoice me for. So they just become a supplier arrangement right like they invoice me for the work that they've done and i pay them and their clients pay me through our portals so you know from a paperwork point of view no no not really anything the only real part the actual the biggest expense has been privacy policy you know with the privacy policy changing first of december we got all that ready back in september october um, to be ready for it. So, you know, using virtual machines for all our staff so that we have central control of those things for leaks and stuff like that, using password managers and just how much protection goes into the data that we collect of clients. And we have access to people's personal profiles. Yeah. So, there's a lot of um, opportunity for data to be breached. And so, it's just about how honestly it's overkill we've got complete overkill in 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 terms of our security but you have to yeah and so that's that's that was my biggest concern a couple months ago so we've spent a bit of money getting that to where it needs to be you've got some good suppliers um uh our it guy zoltan he uh he's like got us on lockdown like that's like
1: you got an it guy yeah
0: oh no he's a contractor okay he has his own business um yeah, he's got us on lockdown. Like everything is monitored. When I say monitored, not monitored on what we're doing, but monitored on making sure like phishing emails and all that sort of stuff. Right. You know, people trying to impersonate other people and stuff like we had, I had a VA at one stage um, when I just needed someone casually to do some casual VA work, uh, virtual assistant work. And someone reached out to her saying they were me and Said to her, I need you to go buy some Google Play cards, $500 worth, and then text them to me and gave her an Australian number. And she did it. <laughs> and she was like, Oh, I didn't want to let you down. I was like, Well, Aww. one, I'm in New Zealand, that's an Australian number. And two, like, that wasn't my email address. And so this poor girl, who mm. at the time she was in Sri Lanka. Yeah. So $500 was massive for her. Yeah. yeah. But you know, her company was like, I Don't know we'll, we'll figure it out, we'll take care of it. So it's through an agency. Um, so they're out there. People doubt there and they scare and it works, right? So that sort of stuff, gotta get a lockdown, all of that. But that same that same process can also get people to be like, hey, can you give me the passwords to such and such? I need to get into their account. You know, I'm not at my desk. And one of our staff might be like, Oh yeah, okay, no worries, Stan, I'll get you so and so's yeah. password. And then that password might if we didn't take the right precautions for a lot of people, their password for LinkedIn's probably the same as their internet banking. And so, you know, then they've just got everything. So all our passwords for all our clients, anyone that we manage, anything personal, it has to be like a unique password to LinkedIn. And then only the account manager has access to view that password. Everyone else on the team can't see it. They can just use it with the password manager. So things like that, like that sort of stuff is, it's pretty scary. Like yeah, cybersecurity yeah, is, yeah. So that that's probably our biggest sort of worry about international.
1: That's- quick moves mate yeah 24 staff <laughs> now you got processes what? oh mate slow down what
0: that's we- hospitality yeah that's how they well it's paramilitary right like hospitality like because of the chefing world right the chef, chef's a paramilitary organization right you have the structure like that right like it's all all hierarchical and like chefs still wield a lot of power in in hotels but in restaurants so military that military sort of style is about everything's in steps and processes yeah, everything's yeah. in sap everything has to be broken down and in hospitality that really makes sense because you have a lot of turnover and transient staff you have to be able to train someone in a couple of hours yeah, you need yeah. it straight away right so for me that, just that same mentality applied when i started my own business everything is mapped out process driven sales force automates a whole bunch of stuff you salesforce. know microsoft All right, yeah. good i was going to yeah.
1: ask you what your source of truth was yeah
0: salesforce we, sales cloud uh yeah so we um we made that switch over in or oh, when is that june or something july i can't remember yeah june in between the two lockdowns we made it over um the only reason i went with it in the end was cuz i found someone local who could teach me it you know she was a local consultant um she didn't work for salesforce penny she's amazing she came over she sat next to me and helped me put it through the business and showed me how to do all the back end and do everything. Um, Because it's like, everyone's going, Oh, Salesforce is expensive, but actually the subscription's pretty okay. And you can, you can always grind them down to a better price. Like I argued with them for ages till I got the best price. Um, You know, most of my team are on a $21 a month subscription. So with a license, individual yeah. license. Is yes. this a small business one, or is this the enterprise? no? It's just because some of them they don't like they not need certain things, and then like there's this license uh, that they don't yeah. tell you about this platform license, um, which the operations team don't need. They don't need to. Um, they're not doing sales, but they need to get in to get access to the information in Salesforce. So there's a platform license and stuff. So the subscriptions are fine. But the implementation costs, oh man, that was a rot. Like yeah. five grand is just a basic implementation. Yeah, no, it's insane. So so that was a deciding factor. But yeah, Salesforce is awesome. Like we're okay. hoping the Slack acquisition that they've had um will go well.
1: Yeah, well they're they're doing a lot of smart moves that mm. I think the, the biggest driver for us to get Salesforce, and we're still on the implementation mm. side, so maybe I should talk to people. yeah, Yeah, for sure. i got to teach myself everything as I go. <laughs> it's not fun. Nah. Because that's the thing. It's, it's a very powerful tool, but even the people you call it Salesforce don't understand it because they're innovating every day. Mm. Um, but that's the thing. In our industry, there isn't a whole lot of innovation, and mm. it's really built on relationships, which is a positive thing. It's just that. Mm. Once again, like I was talking, be better than the last. It's like, what are the competitors not doing? So if you're able to utilize Salesforce to be more personalized, you know, like let's say you said a few key things while we're talking about um, your background and what you went through yeah. and then also things that you like and that Assassin's Creed. So mm-hmm. maybe I put a note in Salesforce. I oh, yeah, said, yeah. like it'll track when the next Assassin's Creed yeah. comes out and then it turns up at your door. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah, yeah. I won't get there. I'm building on another. <laughs> but I'm just saying like that. There's so much opportunity. Yeah. Is there like ways you're thinking that you could use Salesforce to innovate?
0: Yeah, Yeah, for, for stuff like that, for sure. Like collecting data on, on clients um, about that sort of stuff, which, again, goes back to this privacy policy on what you can collect and what you yeah. can't. And, and they have to know everything you're collecting too. So it's about like how do you collect data that isn't creepy? Um, <laughs> you know, because like, I mean, look, Assassin's Creed stuff's sort of fine, but if you start putting things in like their – dog's birthday and stuff like that it's Mm. like well you know some of it some people will be oh that's amazing and other people will be like hey that's a little bit too personal for me so it's like a real fine line and with the new privacy laws you have to you have to give it up right like if they ask you for all the data here it is this Mm. is what i have on you um so that so that's something we're sort of toying like how much do we collect and what should we collect Mm. um but yeah in terms of innovation uh for us as marketing it's about it's about how much we can, like, like AI, for instance, right? Like, like, if you know much about like OpenAI and GPT-3, have you heard much about like Elon Musk is a big supporter of, well, big um, sponsor of OpenAI investor. Um, okay. And GPT-3 is their new model. And like, it was like a million-fold improvement on GPT-2. Anyway, I wrote an article in, in the Guardian and they asked it. The question they asked was, um, can you convince humans that AI won't rise up against us and kill us. And it wrote this big article, like massive. Like you have to read it. It's Guardian article. This is written right by a robot, and it's amazing. So that sort of stuff. Like if you're not, if you do a lot of copy content and you're not looking at GPT three right now, you're going to get left behind. Like it's going to be able to just take everything you've ever written and then write for you from then on. Like so, I. It's just. It's crazy. Like, you know, already there's some firms out there now. Like, we're, we're with a couple who are really experimenting with it, but they're doing like headlines, you know, like headline writing copies, like things that work to get the psychology of people to make them click on your, your headline or uh, Google ad text, what works best on that, you know, because this AI is scanning the web. It knows what people are clicking on and what mm. people are going. It's like, well, why are they, what are the common threads between these these links? And then, okay, well, you want to do your topic on financial planning. So this is how you should write your Google this will get you the most clicks. So stuff like that. Whereas at the moment that uses um human subjectivity, which is never good. No. So like this like AI is about to so that sort of stuff, like being ready for when that is mm. mature enough that it's just a subscription like Spotify, that's where you want to be a part of if you if you do any copywriting at all. Anything. It's coming. And it's going to put a lot of people like a lot of copywriters out of business but also if they're smart they will train it. You know, if they train it right and they yeah. have the tool to use for their customers. And it's it's no different to having zero as an accountant now. Yeah. Zero didn't get rid of accountants, allowed them to do other stuff. Allowed them to be more strategic thinking. So copywriters can be more strategic thinking around the copy of what where you need it and where you need different stuff and then have a tool that does it for them. <laughs> so they can do more volume, right? So um but as a marketer um, or even as someone like yourself, who's you know doing a lot of self promotion and a lot of that, that sort of stuff. It, Scale. Yeah, just I mean, imagine all your blog posts daily, you can just have this machine doing it for you, but it's speaking like it's you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you got to feed it though. That's it tricky,
1: like that Twitter robot with Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. <that laughs> yeah, people <laughs> for people that don't know, the people realized there was a robot and learning from their language, so they started saying really messed up things, <laughs> and it learned that's how it communicates. So. But anyway, so on, on that note as we wrap this up, we'll, we'll bring it to a more wholesome thing. Yeah. What would be um something that you want people to to remember this podcast about or about you or oh. like a, a closing remark
0: and also how do they find you? Yeah, well maybe we start with how do you find me? So I'm I'm everywhere. I am on TikTok. I just don't use it cuz yeah. it sucks me in. But Yeah, LinkedIn's probably the best place to do it. That's where I put most of my um efforts into. Um so yeah just linkedin slash stanley henry um but look probably the biggest takeaway uh for me what i what i say to a lot of people is just be part of the conversation you know get in there and talk to people and that linkedin especially as a platform but all the platforms actually is people love having conversations on platforms they love getting in those comments so um if there's one thing you're going to do, and you need help marketing, or you need help pushing your brand out there, just get in that conversation. I mean, that's how we've connected, right? Like mm-hmm. just having those conversations with people, and you don't know where those opportunities will lead. You know,
1: so, Massively. Mm. All right, good way cool. to close it, mate. And uh, everyone that's listening, you know what I'm about to say? It's uh, rate, review, and subscribe because uh, we need to get this message out. Yeah. Good people like Stanley here sharing it and parting is hospitality knowledge and don't sleep on hospitality gms because they'll turn a one-man band after assassin's creed into a 24 team in dubai as well yeah out of it uh and yeah anyone that doesn't want to sound like they're mumbling and that everything's cutting in and out audio is one of the most important things in a video and in the future as well Mm, mm -hmm. if people can access uh a product through voice it's going to be so convenient huge So if you want your audio conveniently edited, nzaudioeditors.com.